Hey God Gang, welcome. If there's one thing about this podcast, it's that the episode titles are fire, from top to bottom. And I'm fairly certain that the title of this episode is the reason you're here. It entered your eye, didn't it? The Beauty and the BS, a play on Beauty and the Beast, obviously. And it's interesting because the movie and the title make it seem like Beauty and the Beast are opposites. But if you think about it, beauty itself is the beast. Physical beauty in particular, skin-deep beauty. It is a beast to the wilder in terms of how they live and die by the compliments, the attention, and the insecurity that comes with that. It's also a beast to the beholder who can't see beyond the physical, who makes judgments of people based on what they look like. We are all victims of this beast. When you think of the forces that move the needle in the world, power, money, fame, love, sex, to name a few, Beauty, in all its forms, is right up there. God made it so that beauty has the capacity to electrify us like nothing can. Whether it's a work of art or a person, whatever, when we encounter a beautiful thing, it touches something deep within us. Depending on the situation, it may excite the ego or serenade the soul. Only beauty. It's fascinating. I think God made us sensitive to physical beauty as a trap a weakness to be overcome on our journey to being the best version of ourselves. Because it serves no other purpose. Apart from being nice to look at, physical beauty does nothing but get us into trouble. Emotions like envy, jealousy, infatuation, self-obsession and arrogance are most easily sparked by even just a glimmer of beauty. People spend their hard-earned money to acquire beauty in the form of women, art, luxury and cosmetic surgery. Physical beauty is the root of racism, classism, sexism, colorism, and other isms we suffer as a society. So when you start to think about it, you'll realize that there's a hyperfixation on physical beauty in the world today. Disney may have conditioned us to think that beauty is opposite to the beast, but I'm here to tell you that the real beast is beauty, specifically the physical kind. Wow, what a way to start the episode. This is how you know it's about to be lit. I'm going to explore the beast behind beauty. Oh snap, that's, a, that's another fire title. I stuck with beauty and the BS for two reasons though. First, one of the ways I come up with episode ideas is something I call the title first technique, whereby I serendipitously stumble upon a clever phrase or play on words or punchline, whatever that would make a good title for an episode of The Young God. And then I imagine what that episode could possibly be about. Essentially, what I'm saying is that I am so good at what I do that I can reverse engineer a whole episode from a set of words that make only marginal sense at first. I give them meaning, purpose, life, like a motherfucking god. So I stumbled upon Beauty and the BS and I loved the play on words of the, of the original Beauty and the Beast title. And then it was simply a matter of figuring out what direction I wanted to take. Which brings me to the second reason for this episode. When I decided to run with this idea, I had to find a sensible connection between bullshit and beauty. 
I had to figure out where I really stood on beauty as it relates to me personally, the Young God idea, and the world we're in today. I broke the title down into bits and pieces, then I put them back together to arrive at what you're now listening to. In the creativity episode, I said, If you woke me up from sleep and you asked me my favorite thing about myself, I would name a lot of things, but what would probably be top two, top three, would be my creativity. I am incredibly creative. I can't state this enough. Lord is my witness. They say your brain is most creative in your sleep. They say that in the sleep state, the brain thinks more visually and intuitively. As a god, I accomplish that wide awake. It's automatic at this point. This right here is a perfect example. This is a glimpse into my creative process if you've ever wondered. This is also my New Year's gift to anyone who creates for fun or for a living. Whether you make content or you make art, try it out. It's a great way to challenge yourself and build your imaginative skills. In fact, if you would like to listen to other episodes I made with this tantalizing title first technique, there's a list in the description of this episode. Thank me later. In a nutshell, this episode is about the ugly things that happen when we put physical beauty on a pedestal. Before we proceed, might I make a recommendation? I know you like to listen alone, but for this one, I recommend you listen with someone. Someone you can talk to. No, someone you can talk with. Someone you trust. Trust me. For the peak young god experience, you're going to need a partner for this one. This is that kind of episode. My name is Rodney Amokache, and you're welcome to the young god. A podcast for gods. Yep. Stand back. Got to talk. Watch calls. Thanks to my title first technique, there are so many places I could have gone in this episode. The obvious lowest hanging fruit is pretty privilege. A lot has already been said about pretty privilege. I'll be selling you short if I went somewhere you've already been. We don't do low-hanging fruits over here. I pride myself on taking you where you've never been. Hopefully, I can achieve that with this episode. As I said in the intro, there is a hyperfixation on physical beauty in our culture, in the conversations we have, in the decisions we make, in our interactions with each other. Men are intimidated by beautiful women, and beautiful women are intoxicated with their own beauty. Women objectify themselves and men objectify women. Everybody's insecure about how they look and they project those insecurities onto everything. I feel for women, most especially. In fact, you can't start any conversation about beauty without women. Y'all exist in the eye of the storm of this conversation. Because of something as ephemeral as beauty, your entire lives are addled with anxiety that is relievable only by purchase. The cosmetic surgery and advertising industries are building generational wealth of your insecurities. Have you noticed how there's always a rush to point out physical beauty or the lack thereof in the conversations we have? Doesn't matter what, some way, somehow, looks are always brought up. When, for example, a woman is aging gracefully, or she's mistreated in a relationship, or she achieves some success, her beauty or lack thereof comes up like clockwork. Here's another example. People do this inherently, is that some 
oftentimes men especially introduce women by their looks. <laughs> mm -hmm. So like if Holly Berry come on the show, it's like the beautiful Holly Berry. Absolutely. Right. But if Whoopi Goldberg come on the show, the intelligent. You see what I'm saying? And to your point, um, that's something that inherently people do in this game that does damage in a lot of ways. I've never thought about it like that. I imagine that there are non-pretty women who have never been described as beautiful. Can you imagine what it must feel like to hear women around you being described, remembered, and idolized for their face and body knowing you will never ever hear that. Or worse, when a non-pretty woman is disrespected based on her looks or lack thereof. The average woman is simply not equipped to deal with that sort of discrimination. The insecurity is sickening, the emotional baggage must weigh a ton and then some. It must be exhausting. I went deeper into this thought process and then I figured out that of all the milestone moments in a woman's life, menstruation, puberty, pregnancy, None is more underrated, more under-discussed than the moment a young girl becomes aware of her beauty. It is what I call a forbidden fruit moment. The moment a young girl realizes she's beautiful, everything changes, her eyes open, she becomes enamored with herself and the attention she attracts, the compliments she gets, the male gaze, the perks and the privileges. And the world around her encourages this fixation, making sure she never forgets how beautiful she is until her entire adult life is built around maintaining and comparing beauty at all costs. It's a lifetime of misplaced priorities if you ask me. It's one of the reasons why women never stood a chance in the battle of the sexes. Physical beauty is one hell of a distraction. In the Knowledge of Power is Power episode, I said, It is by design that women are endlessly fascinated by beauty and makeup, but are clueless about the actual power of beauty and makeup. Think about it. As I said, of all the milestone moments in a woman's life, none is more critical than the moment she becomes aware of her beauty. Quote me. That theory didn't come from nowhere. I have a baby sister. Her name is Kosi. I'm the eldest. She's the last. 14 years between us. We have a unique dynamic, she and I. She was even on the podcast in season two or three, I think. Kosi is a beautiful babe. Her beauty shames the angels. Since the day she was born, it's been the thing that everyone pointed out. And sure enough, she became conscious of her beauty. And Kosi, being a child of the Instagram era, loves to take photos. And since I'm a photographer, one of the ways she and I bonded was through photo shoots. One day, while on holiday, she and I went out together. The lighting was immaculate to where we were. Perfect for a photo session. I asked her to pose for me. She immediately knew what time it was. Kosi understood the assignment. Born ready. Love it about her. I aimed my phone at this babe. And Omo, this babe hit one of those super sexual Instagram model poses. Duck face and everything. It was a lot. It wasn't necessary. Keep in mind, she was 15 or 16 at the time. I stopped the shoot immediately. And we had one of the most honest and critical conversations a big brother could ever have with his baby sister. Kosi, look, you're already beautiful. So beautiful you don't need to try. You don't need to pout and contort yourself to look good. You already got it. The lighting is amazing. And your big bro is a pro at getting good photos. I know your angles. 
Besides, your innocent beauty is already a large shining target for predatory men. If you sexualize yourself on top of that, you're basically holding up a huge neon sign saying, come and get me. Trust me, you don't want that. I get that your beauty is busting your own brain, but make it so that your beauty is not the most remarkable thing about you, okay? Oh yeah, let's try again. I could tell she was uncomfortable, but she listened. She knows her big bro cares, and big bro doesn't miss. She's also very well raised. But in order for her to really believe, she had to see. Round two. This time, she posed like the 15-year-old she was. She gave me a big, bright, lip-glossed smile. She showed off the large beauty spot on her cheek. I put her in poses that captured her innocence and her personality. Then I showed her the images. Kosi lit up. In that moment, she understood what I was saying. She saw the difference. Her essence captured on camera instead of an over-sexualized Instagram caricature. I told her, this is for you, not for likes. This is a version of you you will always love, no matter how old you get. Whenever you see your pics, you will remember who you are. It was a day she and I will never forget. A moment that solidified our bond. I essentially saved her from a life of toxic narcissism, of being a slave to her own beauty. Like I said, beauty is intoxicating. Not just to the beholder, but to the wielder, the owner. Kosi learned something that many women go their entire lives without ever realizing, which is that she's more than what she looks like, and she should keep that in mind always. That was three years ago. Today, she's the most confident, well-adjusted 18-year-old. I don't ever worry about her. The world is the way it is because we allow a lot of things go unsaid. There's so much we don't pay attention to. I wish more fathers and mothers, sisters and brothers had these conversations with the impressionable teenage girls in their lives, or at least found other ways to compliment or encourage or persuade their daughters without pointing out their physical beauty. It would save them so much pain and trouble in womanhood. If you're a woman listening, I'm sure you can remember when you first came to terms with your beauty, the attention, the thirst, the lust, the gift and the curse that came with it. No one taught you how to deal. You were simply encouraged to bathe in their attention, to succumb to society's conventional, restrictive, and impossible expectations of beauty. So that, throughout your life, you're beholden to meaningless messages like, Oh, look how beautiful she is at 30, at 40, at 50. Wow, oh my God, she's gorgeous, she's amazing. Age and time became the enemy. Physical perfection became the ambition. The gift became the curse, and your beauty became a beast. I sympathize. That is simply no way to live. So many women wish they could just be. They wish they could opt out. But they've also become accustomed to the perks, privileges, and pressure of pretty. Oh, damn. That is another fire title. Oh, my God. Anyway, we all aspire to be the best version of, of ourselves. It is a noble aspiration, and it is worth it in the end. I promise. But I'm also here to tell you that it is impossible to be the best version of yourself if your looks are a source of insecurity, if your looks are the center of your universe, if you, if you make important decisions based on what people look like and not who they are. Open up your hearts, people. Page one.
Chapter one, verse motherfucking one. I once came across a tweet where this woman said, Being sexually desired by so many people, but not romantically desired, is a depressing way to live life. See, that's a woman in the belly of the beast. In less than 180 characters, she captured the very nature of the beast that is beauty. On one hand, I empathize because really, that is no way to exist in the world. But on the other hand, one can make the fair assumption that she fed the beast with her own hands, like most women do, and now she's been bitten. If we're being 100, women objectify themselves before men ever do. She enjoyed pretty privilege until it turned ugly. Women like her learned the hard way that pretty privilege gets you everything except the most important things like love, security, happiness, and peace of mind. In fact, you get the opposite of those things. So when I had that conversation with my sister, I was very intentional because I want her to never, ever relate to that feeling. For context, let me share with you a song that J. Cole released in 2011. A song where he painted a picture of a young black woman's relationship to beauty, self-image, and male attention. Listen. Yeah, school girl, cool girl. You're dressed and sexy and your mama is a cool girl. So she lets you do the grown folks thing. Let you hang with them boys and they play you like a fool girl. You got your new hair. It looks so good. You write the same nigga's name in your notebook. You know the same one from class, the one you let smash. Now you see him around school and he won't look. Now girl, you is fine. Ain't no doubt about it. But why else you think he hit it and forgot about it? That's cause your mind don't match what your ass got. But cheer up, you gotta be your own mascot. You see, you look for a man like you need somebody get your ass off of twitter you could be somebody a doctor a rock star baby live life but you rather wet up all your pillows all night thinking bro really said your mind don't match what your ass got but cheer up you gotta be your own mascot oh my god that's bars cool has been ahead of his time for the longest time a kindred spirit basically he, he he's of the opinion just like i am that Pretty privilege has gassed a lot of people, a lot of pretty people, pretty women, into thinking that they deserve love concurrently. The reality is that people are shallow and being pretty only gets you dates and DMs, unless your beauty is backed by something more. And so I make it a case to remind my sister all the time, you're young, you're black, you're a woman, you're very beautiful. Four things that are at odds with each other. The system is designed to frustrate you objectify you and leave holes in your self-esteem. The only way to defeat the system is to find out what you do better than anybody else and develop that. Something to do beats something to look at, 10 times out of 10. Combine your beauty with a fire personality, a form of intelligence, a good strong heart, and a mastered skill, and you'll be unstoppable in this world. That's how you overcome the BS of beauty. I once heard a character in the movie say, you're beautiful, but you're empty. No one could die for you. Talk about bringing a, a, a shotgun to a fist fight. But let that sink in. Some of these women be thinking that they're Helen of Troy, when really they're just Helen. That's right, I said it. I said it. It had to be said. Somebody got to say it. Let's take a moment to pause and breathe. 
relieve the tension. Whatever you're doing, close your eyes, take a deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. One more time. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Let's resume. I promise it comes with a gift. How awesome is this narcissism? We save our hard earns to pay for these moves of pain. Now look at me, look at me, how much pain it is. Now look at me, look at me, how much pain it is. This is the part of the podcast where I turn the mirror on myself. In case this is your first time experiencing me, let me just let you know that I am a very handsome man. Um, people look at me, how I carry myself, the life that I live, the photos I take, and they see a guy who knows he's handsome. They're right about that. They see a guy who regularly benefits from his pretty privilege. Also true. Where they are wrong is the assumption that I am vain. That's just them projecting onto me what they would be if they had this level of beauty. It's the lowest hanging fruit to pick at when people encounter this kind of beauty. But I'm going to use this opportunity to take you behind the scenes of my very unique relationship with my looks. First of all, in case you can't tell, we have a very healthy relationship. I'm aware that I am fine. I've been aware for the longest time, so much so that I'm legitimately over it. Unless a mirror is in front of me, I forget. My looks stopped having that kind of power over me a long time ago. Although, I regularly have those moments where I open my front camera and my beauty overwhelms me. I'm like, my God, is that, is that me? Is it just me? You see, the difference between me and most other fine people is that I liked what I looked like before anybody told me whether I was fine or not. In fact, it was later on that I found out there was a word for it. Handsome. But I can't remember a time I didn't like my look. Most people, especially people who have been told they're pretty over and over again, go through periods of doubt about how they look and whether they can meet up to the expectations. Their self-image fluctuates based on what's going on in their lives at that particular time. I've never dealt with that. My self-image has been constant, to the point where I no longer think of it. I'm over it. I only remember that I am fine when people remind me. <laughs> True story. Besides, I've always been too busy doing stuff, living life, developing myself and my skills and my inner world to think about that. My looks are literally the least interesting, valuable, magical thing about me. This podcast is proof. In fact, the best parts of me are the parts you can't see. That's the secret to my confidence, low-key. Knowing that my face is only the tip of the iceberg is good for my ego, is good for my confidence. Knowing that I have so much more to offer, knowing that I am more beautiful than I appear to be, it's, it's a flex. And because I'm not distracted by my looks or the looks of others, I make room for higher thoughts and experiences. Speaking of others, over time, 
I became sensitive to the other ways a person can be beautiful. I'm at a point where the things I find most beautiful about a person are almost never physical. Beauty also looks like lightheartedness, values, emotional intelligence, a kind and grateful heart, authenticity and honesty, a desire to do and be better, commitment and consistency. Those are the things I find most beautiful. And guess what? The less you worry about your looks, the finer you actually become. The more you heal, the finer you become. True story. I realized that the more I worked on my inner world, discovering my inner beauty, the more physically attractive I became. My beard connected. It became richer and more luxurious. At that point, it wasn't just women who pointed out my looks. Men also. Street men would give me compliments that they ordinarily wouldn't give other men. They assumed I used a premium beard oil or a detailed skincare routine. But I'm like, it's God, bro. Even my dad noticed. He knew it wasn't his genes that were responsible for all of this. And then I began to understand the secret behind aging with grace and the fountain of youth. If you're curious, here it is. When you're in your element, when you forget about yourself and focus on others, focus on the moment. In addition to your state of mind, your physical health and looks improve. Your inner joy begins to show. It starts with a twinkle in the eyes, followed by the quality of your smile and your laughter. That's how you know. The average person might do any number of things to appear a certain way, to hide or enhance parts of themselves, but the eyes don't lie. Neither does a smile. True beauty begins there. When you're in your natural rhythm, you become the best version of your natural self. You don't need to do the most to look good or attract attention. It's a natural byproduct of working on yourself and being in line with what is good for you. And it starts with not being a slave to your own beauty. So if my beauty is entering your eye, that's cool. But it no longer enters mine. Bitch, I'm attractive. Can't fuck with you no more. I'm fasting. Bitch, I'm attractive. Can't fuck with you no more. I'm fasting. Oh, and by the way, you can follow the podcast on social media. Twitter at I am the Young God. Instagram at the Young God Pod. I regularly post exclusive content and updates on events, all kinds of things. You don't want to miss that, so please follow. You know, when you're good looking, everybody will tell you, oh, you look wonderful, you're so great looking. But when you're ugly, you got to figure that shit out for yourself. <laughs> it's a lot of putting clues together. Who it is. Why am I not getting in the club? I got all the right shit on. <laughs> that the French believe that having a beautiful woman around is always a good thing. I agree, wholeheartedly, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I can be shallow like that. I love to associate with and be around beautiful women, especially when the beauty is effortless and backed up by something more. I swear to God it's good for my mental health. I like fine women. I mean, who doesn't? But do you know what becomes of a man whose main reason for picking a woman is her beauty self-sabotage because in this woman he has neither friend nor ally nor mutual trust how will trust develop when she knows very well she was chosen because of her looks the only thing he has gained is maybe the esteem of other small men 
It is unfortunate that the signals that allow men and women to find the partners who would be best for them are scrambled by the sexual insecurity initiated by beauty thinking. A woman who is self-conscious can't relax enough to let her sensuality come into play. If she's hungry, she'll be tense. If she's dolled up, she'll be on the alert for her reflection in his eyes. If she's ashamed of her body, her movement will be forced. She'd never even believe she's beautiful, no matter how many times she hears it from him. And because she does not feel entitled to the compliment, she will slowly subconsciously dim her own light. And as for the guy, because he's so taken by her beauty, he simply will not see any reasons to really love her. Fam, the cycle is vicious. It doesn't help that there are women who think they're too beautiful to suffer. That's the first thought that ends in prostitution. And I use that word loosely. Everything from OnlyFans, pornography, and runs fall under prostitution. Anything that involves exchanging your body for things. I'm all for sexual liberation and body positivity, but don't allow yourself to be reduced to a sexual object. Once that happens, you almost never come back from that. is BS? The fact that they say beauty is pain. And as a society, we just agreed. But I refuse. It doesn't have to be that way. It all could be so simple, so effortless. Beauty is a gift. To appreciate a person's look without judgment or attachment. To use your looks to stop wars, not start them. To heal and inspire, not trigger and oppress. To not twist yourself like a pretzel trying to meet the impossible standards of society. Even the models we see in magazines wish they could look like their own images. Your good looks should be a tool to help you on your mission as opposed to the main focus. If beauty is pain, that's your choice. Just because a guy is handsome doesn't mean he's a player. Just because a woman is fine doesn't mean she's a snob or stuck up or in a relationship or has a sugar daddy. Just because a couple look good together doesn't mean the actual relationship is working. Just because he drives a G-Wagon doesn't mean he has the money to fill up the tank. Just because she wears a 300,000 Naira wig doesn't mean she's a gold digger. There's nothing wrong with making assumptions though, but maybe, maybe don't take action based on those judgments. Don't cement your opinion without really knowing. It's the laziest thing. It says more about you than about them. You wouldn't like it if people did that to you, would you? We hurt both them and ourselves when we make strong assumptions based on the physical. Just as looks can be deceiving, your own biases can deceive you too. And that's way worse. So my thing is, in your interactions with people, give them room to surprise you. Give them room to just be. You deny yourself the opportunity to make real connections and relationships with people when you make deep decisions with surface level information. Like I said, physical beauty can be a distraction. It misdirects. It blinds us from what is truly important. And if the goal in life is to be wise, to be the best version of yourself, you're going to need to release yourself from the shackles of the physical. Aim for the divine. The most important things in life are invisible to the eye. 
Fam, we're too smart, too grown, too blessed to be letting petty things like physical beauty get in the way of our enjoyment of life. By the way, have you noticed I use the word non-pretty instead of ugly throughout this episode? I don't like to use the word ugly to describe people. I can describe a person's behavior, personality, or aura as ugly, but not their physical features. Just doesn't feel right. Non-pretty is perfect. I say that to say, whether you're beautiful or non-pretty, get over your looks as soon as you can, so that it cannot be used against you, so you won't be under pressure to conform to any standards, especially if you're a woman. I want you to know that it's not your responsibility to be beautiful. You're not alive for that purpose. Your existence is not about how desirable we find you. I need you to take pressure off yourself and just be. Don't be another flower picked for your beauty and left to die. Be wild, difficult to find, and impossible to forget. Yeah, some ladies play hard to get, some others are hard to forget. Two different games fam. And the latter is the real beauty. Because sometimes people are beautiful, not in looks, not in what they say, just in what they are. What you do, the way you think, makes you beautiful. Personally, I intend to raise my children with the knowledge that, in a world obsessed with physical beauty, it's the quality of the soul that matters. Physical beauty is a gift that can quickly become a curse when the gifted becomes obsessed with the gift itself rather than using it to serve others. Don't make your beauty the main thing. Develop a personality, a soul, a heart, a flair. Become interesting, become useful. If you genuinely like how you look, there's a good chance others will. And to balance it out, I'll also tell them that physical beauty is a valuable commodity. Just don't become a commodity yourself. If you got it, flaunt it, use it to your advantage. The trick is to know where the privilege ends and where the pain begins. In the end, try to live in such a way that your beauty is not just skin deep, but life deep. That's how you become a god. And there you have it. That is a wrap on beauty and the BS. Thank you for listening. I hope you and your listening partner had a lot to think about and talk about. Personally, I had a lot of conversations with myself making this, and so I figured it might be the same for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, talk about it, tweet about it, leave a review, and I will see you next week for a brand new episode. This is The Young God. It's got talk. It's got talk. Please forgive me for interrupting your vibe right now, but I just had to shout out the legendary Young God community on WhatsApp. That is an exclusive group where committed, consistent listeners of the podcast gather to share their thoughts on the themes discussed. If you would like to connect with me and other members of this community, you can join the group via the link in the description of this episode or via any of the links on my social media at I am the Young God on Twitter and at the Young God Pod on Instagram.